Defund the police. Defund the police. Many cities did. Chicago, Minneapolis, Detroit, Portland, Los Angeles. And then came the crime spike that dramatically increased violent crimes in these same cities. So the cities quickly started hiring more police officers again. Perhaps what they should have done is to defund the city council. But this reminds me of when I was president of the Columbia Apartment Association and the media in this city had launched what I would call a war against landlords. They came up with numerous ordinances after a local newspaper that was put on by the, the major university said that tenants live in fear of their landlords, claiming that if they complained about a maintenance issue, they would be promptly evicted and thrown to the street. The city council decided what they needed were more ordinances. So they came up with a public disturbance ordinance, which said that a landlord could be fined and arrested and sent to jail if there were more than two public disturbance noise disturbances at an apartment or housing unit within one year's time, even though the police was not required to notify the landlords that there had been a disturbance there in the middle of the night. They came up with the over-occupancy disclosure ordinance that said that a landlord must immediately turn over without any notice all tenants' personal information to make sure that there were not more than the required maximum number of people on a lease at a certain location. There was the utility advertising ordinance requiring the landlords had to publish and all advertising what the average utility costs were for an apartment based on previous usage, even though that information was not available to landlords by the utility companies. Then they came up with a great one, the rent deposit trust ordinance, which became a state law eventually, which said that these landlords, if they collect a deposit from tenants, they couldn't put it into their business account. They had to put it in a separate trust account. So that way there would be that money there and it wouldn't be spent. Somehow thinking that if a landlord took money out of his left pocket and put it in his right pocket, that if he went broke in his left pocket, he would never think of borrowing money from the right pocket. When asked how many of these cases had there been of landlords not paying their deposits because they had gone broke, they couldn't cite one. Well, one of the city council members said that the landlords could pay for all these new ordinances they had created by simply using the money that they take from students without ever returning their deposits when they move out. Well, in my many 30-some years of being a landlord, I could count on the fingers of one hand the number of students who actually cleaned up their apartment when they moved out. The vast majority of them barely even pick up their own personal possessions when they leave, much less ever clean anything. So this was insulting. It was downright calling landlords thieves is what it was. There's no question there are some bad landlords and there are some bad police officers, but sometimes you should be careful without appreciating what they do in a complex society. This reminds me of an old story, supposedly a true story, about an evil factory in a good-sized town many years ago. The city council of this little town once got together at a meeting and says, 
This factory up on a hill right above our city is an eyesore. It creates so much traffic right through our middle of our downtown with their delivery trucks back and forth. The uh, Some of the factory workers, they get drunk on the weekends and they cause all kinds of trouble. And it discourages other more attractive businesses from wanting to move into town when they see this ugly factory up on our hill. This factory doesn't employ that many people in our town, and I think that we need to try to have them move out. But how would we do that? Well, we'll create ordinances. And soon there was a bunch of support for this idea of moving the factory out. There were people on the corner of the street in the mornings when the factory employees would go to work and they would hold up signs that said, we don't need you. The city leaders decided that they would pass ordinances to make the factory voluntarily leave, such as, one, no trucks over five tons on city streets. That meant that the factory's trucks couldn't drive in through the city town to get to the factory. Next, any company that employs over 100 employees, they were the only one, had to pay a special set of taxes for public welfare. Well, before these new ordinances were put into effect, the owner of the factory got wind of the plan, and he didn't say a word. Instead, he called his bank in St. Louis. The following Friday, which in these days was payday, most of the factories, most businesses, would pay their employees in cash at the end of the week, at the end of the workday. And in this times, an average payday might be 20 to $30. So what the owner of the factory did is he ordered a shipment of silver dollars, which were readily available then, but few people used them, just as the gold dollar coins are still available today, but nobody likes to use them. But back then, you could still get silver dollars. So the owner of the factory ordered that all of the payments made to the employees would be in silver dollars at the end of the day. So each employee got 20 to 30 silver dollar coins. By the end of that next week, six days later, the city was awash in silver dollar coins. Every cash drawer was full of silver dollar coins. Every person who walked the street had a pocket full of silver dollar coins. The local bank couldn't exchange them fast enough. The following week, the owner of the factory did it again. And this time, the silver dollars were just everywhere. Every single business, every single person had silver dollar coins with them. This made the city council think a moment. We didn't realize how far the influences of this factory reaches in our city. It affects the entire city. So the city council changed their mind before enacting all of the ordinances. They went to the factory owner and asked him, how can we help? We appreciate what you've done for our, our city. Well, the city factory owner said, uh, you could help us get the right of way to make a road that goes just outside of the city limits that goes up to our factory, thereby reducing the traffic inside your town, saving us money in the delivery cost. And you could notify us of problem employees in town because we have no idea what they do on the weekends after they leave our factory. And we could then pressure them to change their ways or they would be dismissed from the company. The city volunteered to use their fire trucks with high pressure hoses 
to wash off the black mold that had grown on the old factory concrete walls outside, making them look new and fresh again. So the purpose of this story is that we should be careful when we try to change complex integrated systems in our culture, in our society, and think about them a little more carefully, making small incremental changes, being appreciative of what they had done and what they are mean to our society one by one. Don't, as they used to say, throw out the baby with the bath's water. This is Stanley Diaz. Thank you for listening.